Welcome to the Independent Dependent Podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Nina. This podcast takes you behind the scenes into the life of U.S. military spouses. We chat about all things lifestyle, business, and how to become an independent dependent. Today, we have Alexis Garrett joining us on the Independent Dependent Podcast. We dove into how to strive for fulfillment when in a stereotypically supporting role. We will also be chatting about MILSPO stereotypes that civilian families can sometimes project when you decide to marry into the military. Let's get into it. Well, hello, Alexis. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. We would love to just give you the floor and allow you to just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about your journey as a military spouse, maybe how you and your husband met and all the things. Yeah, of course. So I actually met my um, now fiance in college. We both went to Forest State. I was there studying psychology. He was a finance major. Military was not on the table at all, wasn't in the plan for him. But then our last semester of school, it was something that he started looking into and to join the Air Force. And at the same time, I was actually preparing to go to grad school for my master's in industrial and organizational psychology, which is just a really long term for business psychology. Basically, we study how people work. And during that time, I really struggled with whether military life was something that I was willing to do. I, you know, I was going to grad school because I cared about my career. I didn't know if it was really possible to have a career and be a military spouse. And I was afraid that, you know, just everything that comes with moving every few years. And I'm also a pretty big introvert. So I didn't know if I'd make friends easily. I just really thought I would have to give up everything that I wanted for myself and for my life. But I knew I loved Victor, my fiance. Um, So I was I obviously was willing to try it out, but honestly was very hesitant about all of it. And then finally ended up working out to where he was graduating Air Force OTS just about two months before I was graduating grad school. Uh, The first job offer I received just luckily was for a remote consulting position. So I was able to move with him pretty quickly and I've been able to keep that consulting job through all of the various moves that we have done so far. And I definitely had my struggles at the beginning once, you know, moving to our first assignment. I was really lonely working from home. He was really busy in training. Over time, I surprisingly really grew to love military life. Um, I've met some, you know, people from all over the country and the world, even that have been really fascinating. I've just been really pleasantly surprised by all of this. And I've also learned how much control I still have over my life, even though it can seem like the military controls every aspect of your life. And then last year, even though my consulting job is fully remote, the client that I work with is not. And with the pandemic, I still ended up being furloughed for a few months. I started applying to jobs locally. They didn't really excite me at all. I was overqualified for them. I'd be way underpaid. I was just really, really disheartening. And I had a lot of free time. So I was spending time thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, what I want my career to look like, and just what I felt like my purpose was. And through a lot of soul searching and research, I stumbled across life coaching. And I realized that could be the perfect fit for me. It kind of that mesh between psychology and a little bit of consulting while also helping military spouses in a way that I'm really passionate about given 
how the whole military process has been for me. So last August, about a year ago, actually, I guess I went through a certification course in December of 2020. I became a officially a certified life coach and I now work with military spouses and help them create a, a life that they, that they can call their own. That is so awesome. I'm familiar with life coaching. I have a background with social work, so familiar with kind of that area as well. So I think that's super cool that you've kind of found a way to combine, you know, being a consultant, coaching and helping military spouses. So I'm just a little curious how that looks. What does your program look like with the spouses? How does that kind of pan out for them? Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, the spouses that I typically work with, a lot of times they're struggling with their career. They just recently moved or they know they're moving um, and they're trying to look for jobs in their area. But of course, military bases, a lot of times are kind of in the middle of nowhere. So that can be difficult. Other spouses are struggling with their you know, life purpose or wanting more self-development in their life. So I kind of work in those three main areas. And when I do meet with a client, we get really clear about what they're struggling with, what's going on and everything that's contributing to that struggle. And then through doing that, we get really clear about what the client wants to change. Do they want a new job? Do they maybe want a healthier lifestyle or to be more mindful or, you know, whatever it is. And then once we do that, we create goals that are very specific. I follow a smart goal type of situation. You probably are familiar with them. We get really specific about what the goal is. We find a way to measure that goal for certain goals. You know, if they're wanting to, let's say, you know, create a workout routine, we can measure that by like how many days do you want to work out a week? If they say three, then we know that's how they can measure that. But if they maybe want to become more mindful, the way we measure that would be, you know, how mindful would you say you are right now on a scale of one to 10? They might say three, and then where do you want to be? They could say something like eight. And so we can track the progress on that one to 10 scale. We then decide whether that goal is attainable. Are they actually able to meet this goal? The goal should be challenging, but still possible. The goal should also be, also be realistic. You know, Given everything else that they have going on in their life, can you still do what you need to do to meet this goal? And then time-based by when do they want to? We create a detailed plan on how to achieve that. You know, it's almost impossible for us to reach the goals that we want, achieve the goal. And then once we create that very specific goal, when we aren't specific about what the goal is or how we're going to get there. And so once we create this plan, they can wake up each day, know exactly what they need to do to reach the goal that they need to do and stay on schedule. And if they do fall off that schedule or that plan, which happens, it's life. Since they already have the plan in place, it's way easier to get back on track. And then as they're going through that process, they obviously usually encounter blocks or obstacles that come up just with life or scheduling changes. They might have fears about the goal that they're trying to achieve. Maybe they received rejection from the job that they were really excited about. And so we look at those, we analyze what came up, why that happened, and create another plan on how to deal with those blocks as they appear. And, you know, kind of keep doing that and checking in with them and seeing what's working and what's not working until they meet the goals. And I also provide, you know, accountability and motivation. Very cool. Yeah, you kind of touched on something I was going to ask you about, which was how or if you've seen the military lifestyle and kind of the the lack of, 
I guess, accountability or the lack of uh, consistency that sometimes comes with being a part of this lifestyle and obviously some more than others. But if that has kind of impacted any of the clients that you're working with and if there's anything kind of specific that has come up from being a military spouse and having things like TDYs and deployments and just all the stuff that the military throws at you. So I wasn't sure if that's kind of built into your plan. I know you talked about obviously kind of reviewing with them and building, you know, next actual steps if stuff like that happens. But I just wanted to see if you wanted to touch on that a little bit, if there was any specific military life things that have come up for some of your clients. Definitely. Um, you know, everyone's situation is obviously different. Some things you can kind of plan for ahead of the time. You know, you usually know when you're PCSing or when deployment's happening. And so we can see how that's going to disrupt the client's schedule, plan for those changes that they, you know, are just way too busy to do and work on their goal at the time. That's okay. Life happens. It can take, you know, a couple of weeks break if they're moving or whatever is going on. And so it's really person to person situation, but there are definitely ways to plan around life. You know, if there's a TDY and now uh, a mom is suddenly, you know, dealing with everything that she usually deals with and also has to fully take care of her kids, there's way less time in the day to work on ourselves or work on our goals. That doesn't mean that there's no time, it just might be a little bit less than they were used to. And so if they're wanting to, you know, exercise for an hour, we can move that back to maybe 30 minutes. And so we can just be really flexible while still maintaining the progress that we're striving for. So I think that can be something that can really, I can just like be disheartening to military spouses. Once a struggle comes up, it can be really easy to be like, I don't have time to work on myself or to do what I want to do because of everything else going on. And so working with me, we can see, are there things that we can maybe cut out to give us more time? You know, maybe they're watching, you know, more, they're used to watching a couple episodes of Netflix in the evening or something. And we can bring that down. Like we still need relaxing time, but we can bring that down a little bit. If that's something they're, they're willing to do to still achieve their goals or just like different ways that we can kind of move things around as things pop up. Yeah, that is a good point that there's kind of ways that we can ebb and flow, I guess, and and kind of bend depending on how passionate we are on the goals that we're working on. And so I'm kind of curious if there has been any stereotypes that you've come across while working with the military spouse community or any maybe stigmas that they feel like they've had to kind of face head on in order to get past their fears or their imposter syndrome as they're trying to, like you were talking about, maybe jump into a new career or work on themselves in a personal development type of way or just any way in general, if there's anything that you feel like you've come across kind of consistently or any big stereotypes you feel like you've, you've been met with as you work with these women. Yeah, I, I think military spouses definitely with a lot of stereotypes. Usually they aren't true, but you know, maybe specifically for career military spouse, they can have carry the stereotype that we're not serious about our careers, or since we're just gonna be moving every few years, be the best employee to hire for that amount of time. You know, just a handful of different things that come with the fact that our life is kind of be all over the place with all of our different moves and TDYs and just everything going on. It can just feel, it can from the outside look like we aren't 
serious about what we're doing. And that can contribute to imposter syndrome. It can make spouses feel like, you know, why should I apply to this job? That might be a little bit of a reach. They're not going to want me anyways, since I'm moving in three years. It can just be really easy to come up with excuses as to why we shouldn't go after what we want. And from the other side, I think it can also be really easy for employers to kind of overlook military spouses because we don't seem serious or we're just going to move in three or four years anyway. So why would they invest in us? Which can be really frustrating because even non-military spouses can change jobs every few years. That's kind of a part of career development. And that is just, yeah, really frustrating um, that that can be the situation for spouses. Yeah, definitely. And I know that I've personally had experience with that as well. So that's definitely an amazing topic to touch on. I was also curious in like your personal life when you got engaged, were there any like stereotypes that you were faced with or that like came up about military spouses that you were like, oh, is this a thing? Yes, absolutely. I think that's what contributed most to me just being really hesitant about whether I could do this life, I, at the time, didn't know any military spouses personally. So, and all of the stereotypes seem to focus around the fact that spouses give up everything that they want in their life to meet their spouse's needs and their spouse's career. You know, there also are really frustrating such like stereotypes about spouses taking on their the rank of the service member there's a ton of gossip they just live to be a spouse and I knew that wasn't me and so initially I was really worried I wouldn't find friends that I clicked with because I, since I didn't know another spouse I I didn't have anyone to prove that wrong um so I believed it honestly and I feel awful saying that now because I've been it's just that stereotype isn't true out of all of the spouses and most of them are women they're all women who strive to be themselves and to have their own life whether that's through their careers or their hobbies or their passions so I'm happy that I was proven wrong in that but initially yeah I was really worried that I'd have to give up my identity to survive in this life and that sounds pretty dramatic but I was really anxious about it early on no that absolutely is not dramatic and the reason I bring this up is because I feel like if it's something Amber can chime in in a little bit too if this is something that she experienced but when we first get introduced to the life of like being a military spouse you know you hear the like you know, old, old, old stereotypes of all military spouses are what the quote unquote depend does. You know, you live to just support your spouse. And then, you know, that goes hand in hand with all the career stereotypes that you were talking about, about how that with that stereotype being in the back of their mind, sometimes it feels like, oh, well, what's the point of applying for this job? I'm just going to leave in three years or they're not going to take me because they know military spouses move around a lot and like they're not going to want to invest in me but I feel like that's so harmful to our community and yeah Amber I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or personal experience with that same kind of thing but I'd love to hear from you too yeah I was just going to touch on that I think like you both were saying that it can be really harmful to the community that of the spouses but it can also be harmful to the community that you're living in 
there's a lot of missed opportunities. The military spouses are also talented and educated and have, you know, a lot to offer. So I think both parties end up suffering when the workplace isn't really taking a chance on a spouse just because of that stigma of assuming that they're going to leave. And then the spouse doesn't get to really develop and learn more and actually be working in real time and getting to really foster those those skills and make those relationships with people and continue their, their learning when they don't have the opportunity to actually put their stuff into action and work. <laughs> so I think both parties end up really suffering when that stereotype ends up coming into play and people don't get that opportunity that they would have would have wanted if they hadn't been kind of claimed as a military spouse. And I think I was just curious too about what both of your opinions are, or if you had any experience with this, Alexis, in terms of family, um, because I know you kind of said you didn't know a lot of people in the military community when you and your now fiance got together. And I'm assuming potentially your family might have been the same way if they had any kind of experience or doubts or anything like that, that you've kind of had to, you know, chat with them about, overcome, or if it might still be playing out. Because I know I also came from a, a town that did not really affiliate with the military very much. So it's been a learning curve for my family as well. And my husband's family too really understand the last, you know, five, six years, what this lifestyle actually means. So didn't know if you had anything to share about that as well. Yeah. Um, dealing with family through military life has definitely been interesting. No one really on either of our sides were in the military. We both had one grandfather in the army or the Navy, you know, years ago before they ever had kids. So it wasn't really something that different parents dealt with. On my side of the family, most people in my family are engineers. They work for defense contractors. And so when the idea of my fiance joining the Air Force came up, they were really supportive. But my family also still did carry that stereotype about military spouses, um, that I would have this role that I would have to just support him and his job, even, you know, on base as well, that I would have all of these responsibilities as a spouse. And luckily, I feel like they didn't at least openly talk to me about their concerns about how that would affect my career. But I also felt like it was just a given from both of their family that I would have to sacrifice what I wanted for this. And, you know, all relationships come with sacrifices and it's a give and take, but yeah, no one really knew what to expect for me other than it was just my job to be supportive. And that's the first, you know, majority of what a military spouse does is support their spouse. That's the vibe I genuinely got from both sides. Yeah. And honestly, I, I can so relate to this, but I think it's so, again, harmful. We're gonna, probably going to use this word a lot with today's topic, but I feel like military spouses can sometimes be put into this box of like, you are supporting like a role in this relationship now. Like our job is to just support our husband through this. Like, and this career is very, 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 I would say like difficult for, you know, members of this community sometimes. Um, and I understand, especially for like the service member, like they have long days, you know, they have a whole entire lifestyle that even us as spouses sometimes are never going to be able to understand. But as far as like a relationship dynamic goes, like, I don't know, personally, I don't know one military spouse that is 
just in the position or just in this relationship to be like her husband or her like fiance's like supporter. Like as spouses, we go through difficult things too. And I feel like, you know, we should be supported just as much as we support our service members. So I know that you know, obviously we're here to support them, but to just put us in a box and say like, this is a supporting role. It's just one, first of all, completely untrue. Um, especially for me, I know Amber, um, this probably resonates with you as well. Like, but you know, it's, it's just that stereotype, you know, of just, you know, you are here to depend on your husband and then your sole job is to support them through this lifestyle until they retire or, you know, end up like getting out of the military, whatever branch that they're in. And I just wanted to say that it's important to talk about this because it's not true. And as a military spouse, you deserve, you know, the same support that you give your spouse from them and obviously vice versa. But I don't know if you guys have anything to like add to that or if you have something like a specific experience that you want to touch on with that but yeah I'd be curious to hear from you all I was just gonna also mention that I think there's such a big difference between being solely kind of quote-unquote dependent and you know playing that role of just being the supporter for your husband and their position in the military versus you know being a spouse that's like is supportive and encouraging and there for your husband, you know, proud of them, doing all of those things and encouraging them and all that good stuff, but also still having your own life that they are also proud of you for. It's really important to differentiate the difference between being just that supportive role, but also versus being in a supportive marriage where each one of you supports each other. So I was thinking about that and I wanted to mention it because I think we talk about we don't want to be a quote-unquote dependa, that stereotype, that word, but you can still love your husband and love what they do and support them and support their job while also being in a relationship where you each support each other. So yeah, absolutely. And it's okay for you to have your own life and your career. And that does not mean that you're not supporting your husband because your entire like life revolves around like what they chose as their career, um, which is what I think the stereotype is. In reality, I don't actually think that too many military like families or households or like relationships, whatever you want to call them, actually fall under that like stereotypical relationship that is portrayed um, or is like... I don't know, talked about, like Alexa said, her family like was like worried about that, you know, ending up being like what her life is going to be like. And I really personally, I don't know, maybe you guys have met families that are like this, but I know that most military spouses that I have met in my time as a spouse um, and even growing up because my father was in the army, like they all have their own careers, their own lives or hobbies or whatever the case may be. And they're allowed to have their own life and still be, like Amber said, a supportive spouse and support their husband and be proud of them and, you know, be an active member in the relationship. Just because, you know, you have your own thing going on does not mean that you're like now all of a sudden like a bad military spouse because you're not like solely focused on that as like, you know, that being like the center of what your family is. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, Alexis, I don't know if you had any points to touch on that as well. Um, but I'd love to hear from you and hear your opinion on that. Yeah. And I, I think both of you really touched on a lot of what I was thinking as well. I also don't really know any military spouse that fits that dependent stereotype. Um, which makes it even more frustrating that the stereotype is out there because that's just not reality. But there is the different between being a supportive partner and just 
being just having the whole role of supportive is my whole identity isn't to support. I am so proud of him for his career. I think it is so cool. I'm really supportive in those ways. He's actually deployed right now. So I'm supporting him during that. We're in an equal relationship. Yes, he's the one deployed. And that's obviously probably a lot harder on him. But he's also supporting me. I'm here alone. We're going through our first deployment together. Um, When I started this life coaching business, he was really supportive of that. Has helped me with all of those struggles, you know, either with just running a business or the mental hurdles I've had to overcome to do what I want to do. He's helped me through that. And it's just, that's how relationships work. It's 50-50. And a lot of times this job's more demanding. And so I give him more support, but I'm doing that because he's my partner and I want to support him. That isn't my whole identity. And I don't want that to be my whole identity. And he doesn't want that to be my whole identity. We both want to be our individual selves because that's why we love each other. If one of us solely lived for the other person, that would be a pretty boring relationship. And that's just also not how, I, like you all said, we don't know any military spouse where that is the case. Yeah, and that is the whole difference right there. <laughs> um, but I was curious if you had any tips for any like newer military spouses or even just military fiancés or girlfriends that are looking into this lifestyle with like the same eyes that we probably all had when we made that decision that are dealing with like hearing these stereotypes and hearing about how their entire life is going to revolve around their spouse and be all about supporting their spouse through like lifestyle that they chose. And I was wanting to see if you had any advice for any of them that are maybe worried about that, worried about, you know, career options and, you know, just like being like independent and self-sufficient, you know, we call ourselves the independent dependent. So this is something that we're all about, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. And see if you had anything for anybody that's listening, just because I, re- I think that's a really important thing to kind of debunk. But yeah, I'd be curious to hear from you. Yeah. I would say first and foremost, go into it with an open mind, you know, as we've all said, we haven't seen the stereotype ever play out in reality. So try not to listen to that. And everyone's situation is different. So go in with an open mind, you know, try not to listen to the anxiety talking as much. But I think the biggest thing is just to take the time to explore and figure out what you want and what makes you happy. And if they're already kind of in this military life, that can seem harder than it maybe would have otherwise if they had, you know, more say in where they lived or what job opportunities were available or, you know, whatever. But it can be so easy to get caught up in everyday life and taking care of your family or your career, just everything else going on that we never take the time to really check in with ourselves to see what's working, to see what's not working and to explore ways to implement what you want out of life into the life you're living. Because even if it seems impossible, it's probably not. It just might take some more time to figure out in a different creative solution than what you're used to, but it is possible. And what you want probably won't just fall into your lap. You just have to take the time to figure it out. You know, and that's self-care to me, you know, take time each week to just check in with yourself. See what's going on. Are you happy? What made you happy? What did it make you happy? Explore all of that you can recognize what you want to change and also recognize that making changes or self-growth will probably take longer than you expect it to. We all want to wake up one day and just be our ideal self, but 
in reality, that's just not how it works. And it takes a lot of effort and change and it doesn't happen overnight. And that's okay. And to give yourself grace if you're growing more slowly than you expected to. Yeah, I think that is really powerful for for our listeners to hear that growth and you know change, if you're really committed to it and really passionate about that, it's just going to take time. And sometimes we might need to lean on other people and other resources in order to really kind of propel ourselves forward and just make sure that we are you know, actively reflecting and doing the right things um, in order to get the the change or growth that we're really seeking. So getting a life coach or something like that is always a good thing to, to also do. So I think that that's really powerful for people to know that there are resources out there to help them and no matter kind of what their, what their goals are, what their changes that they're seeking. Nina, did you have any other questions before I asked our kind of signature question at the end of the episode? Yeah, I know that you focus on like career goals, personal development, and like goal setting as a coach. And we talked about that at the beginning of this podcast. And we heard all about your process, but going kind of going along with the last step that I had, do you have any tips that a new Milspo could probably use or any of our like listeners could use when it comes to just creating independence for yourself as a whole with this military spouse lifestyle? Yeah, that's a great question. I with and everyone's situation is different and how you go about your own independence is different and it's all based on everyone's situation. But I think one of the things that's helped me at least the most is just saying yes to everything. Uh, it could be really easy for me to just like stay at home on the weekends with my spouse because we don't get time during the week together or whatever, but just saying yes when invited to something or if there's a spouse event going on or you know, anything non-military related, just trying new things on your own. You'll make more friends. You might realize that you can develop this new hobby that you never thought of and just experience life. I think that's one of the beauties with military life is you're probably going to move to places that you never would have decided for yourself to move to or very different than the places that you grew up in. And so just say yes to all the new experiences because you're going to learn about yourself and you'll grow as an individual by doing that. That is just perfect. And that's actually one of the main tips that I usually give myself as well, give two new spells as well. But yeah, I know Amber, we always have a signature question that we ask at the end. So I don't know if Amber, did you want to ask that? Yeah. So really it kind of touches a little bit on what you're just talking about, but just in your words and your definition, what what does it mean to you to be an independent dependent? And how does that look for you specifically in your life? Yeah, great question. I would say that to me, being an independent dependent is maybe just recognizing that while military life does have its own unique struggles, you still have almost just as control as any other spouse where their spouse is in a different career. It's just, it just looks different and you might have to go about things differently, but it's possible. And within my own life, I have made, I've made sure with each move to find my own friends outside of my spouse, started my own business with something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I have my own 
hobbies. I'm really passionate about mindfulness and meditating, being in tune with yourself. I just actively am seeking out ways to explore myself as an individual, you know, every day and every week to just make sure that I'm in tune with myself. And by doing that, I think that also makes me a better partner if I come into the relationship as my true self. I love that. Yeah, very, very true. And I think that that's something that we can all strive to continue to do, no matter if we're a military spouse or not, but just making that time to be in tune with yourself and making that time for self-care and finding things that you're passionate about is time that we all need to make sure that we're carving into our lives because that's, you know, what we're here for is to make sure that we're enjoying the things that we're doing and that we're caring for ourselves in the right way. So I love that. Awesome. Well, it's been so fun. Is there any other kind of thoughts or words that you want to kind of put out there to our audience? And then you can also let us know where people can find you. And if there's any additional information you want to share about your signature offers or programs, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah. um, Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a really great experience and I had a lot of fun. Like I said, I just want to reiterate everything we've been saying in this whole podcast is that it is possible to be your own self and to live the life you want in military life. And as you guys say, to be independent, dependent, it it is possible. Just might not be as obvious as it is for other people. And if you're, you know, wanting help with exploring those different ways to go about creating independence in your life, you can find me at Alexis Garrett Coaching on across all social media. Um, that's my website name, it's Garrett with two R's and two T's. AlexisGarrettCoaching.com and Instagram is AlexisGarrettCoaching. And then my email is AlexisGarrettCoaching at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Alexis. It was so fun. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Independent Dependent Podcast. Be sure to head over to MillspoLifestyle.com to find the blog with all the show notes and links from today's episode. Make sure you let us know what you thought about today's episode over on Instagram at the Millspo Lifestyle. Thanks guys for tuning into today's episode. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.